Roxy, what are you up to on November the 9th? Well, Katie, I'm going to be attending WedCon 2022. What about you? Of course we are. So WedCon, we're going to be bringing six amazing speakers covering topics such as pricing, blogging, marketing and branding. There's going to be drop-in business clinics. There's going to be an opportunity to network with uh, the two of us, isn't there? Yeah, WedCon 2022 is designed to inspire you, motivate and teach new strategies to grow your wedding business. And we want to see you there. We can't wait. So if you've not got your ticket yet, make sure you hop over and reserve it now. There's limited tickets available. You need to head to theweddingbusinesshub.com forward slash WedCon. November the 9th, save the day. This year, it's in Birmingham. this episode episode number 32 of the webpro podcast it's lovely to have you here thank you very much for listening um we love to have you here don't really to say whoop whoop welcome hello how are you all doing i hope you're doing very very well and you are as per our last podcast staying hydrated and hopefully we give you much motivation and uh and love it i'm just loving life so today we are i'm i'm in i'm in one today sorry everyone I'll be like, oh, God, Katie, what's happened to Katie? What's happened to Katie is that she's melting. Melting. Rewind. Rewind. When the clock said, well, that used to be a banging tune. Just saying. One thousand with them. My kids ever listen to this, they're going to be like, God, you're so uncool, though. Um, and, And taking it back, we have had our podcast for over two years. Probably two and a half years now. Um, for those of you that have been with us, OGs from the beginning, hi! Thank you so much for sticking with us. But we've picked up a lot of people along the way, haven't we? We have, we have, yeah. And if actually you think about it, a lot's changed in those that that amount of time, right? A lot's gone on. Absolutely. So uh, for those of you that um, kind of aren't into our circle, or you kind of come in at the pod for the first time, or you've not um, maybe picked up the pod recently and you don't know too much about these two crazy women that chat all things business and what goes on in their life and try and give you some hints and tips along the way as how to run your wedding business we thought today we would just give you kind of a little bit of background really into us uh, what our yeah. lives are like what makes each of us tick uh what um yeah our, our floor should we talk about our floors as well should we get should we get a few oh yeah let, let's do this let's do this yeah let's i mean like you might be tuning in thinking, who, who are they? Who, who are they? Who is she? Who is she? <laughs> um, and um, yeah, just so that you can kind of get to know us a little better. So thank you so much for showing up. We really appreciate you. Um, thank you so much for those of you that subscribe. If you don't subscribe yet and you want to get a hold of our uh, podcast episodes uh, and you don't have to go and click that annoying download and go find them when they come out, Make sure you do hit subscribe. Leave yes. us a five-star review as well. It really helps other people to find us. And I think one of our past reviews actually has inspired this episode because somebody said, oh, ladies, it's like listening to a friend. And I just loved yeah. that one. I just loved that, that one. so that nice. Cool. Thank you so much. Thank you. So, yeah. So, I suppose, really, we'll just rewind the clock a little bit and, and kind of talk about weddings, wedding industry. Was this the plan for forever? 
um, how we kind of got into the industry and then how we got into doing what we do now. Yeah, so I suppose you should really start because it all started kind of with you and your bridal shop. Yeah, I'm just looking at my dog. He's, um, he's having a little sleep, but he's propped up, he's propped up, sat up, having a little sleep. He just looked. Looks I'm going to have to send a picture. I'm going to have to put this on Instagram stories. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, it did. It started. Did it start? So, but well, it um, the bridal shop, did it? It kind of started. No, the plan, the plan never really was for me to have my own business. Not going to lie. Like, um, ever since I was yay high, I wanted to be a teacher. That's what I wanted to do. I loved, um, loved being around children. And then when I got my own, I certainly decided that that wasn't for me. No. <laughs> um, I wanted to be a teacher, kind of um, plodded along through school, got the grades I needed to, moved away to university, started um, university, and I went to university in Birmingham, and it was um, worlds away from where I kind of grew up and came from, so I went to kind of a um, Catholic education, that sort of education, um, quite, um, quite a strict education, actually, and not very diverse, and then moved away from home, um to Birmingham got a lot of freedom a lot of cultures a lot of um diversity which is all fantastic but just worlds away and I probably also wasn't the most independent or mature 18 year old like my parents didn't really give me a lot of responsibility growing up um I wasn't really allowed to manage my own money um I was very much I'm one of four so I was very much um helping my younger brothers and sisters out all of the time and hadn't really found my feet as to who I was as a person so I went to university to do teaching, very quickly realised that teaching wasn't really for me and actually partying probably a little, <laughs> was a little bit more for me. Um, right. Spent a few, that age. few too many times um, out having um, and, and going to lectures with my eyeballs, kind of like, I'm not in the zone. Um, but anyway, yeah, I didn't, I wasn't really enjoying it. So I wasn't really enjoying um learning about teaching and um being away from home and any of that so yeah but I left teaching and I, when I was about 20 20 20 yeah 20 and I then had kind of this like mini crisis of I've wanted to do this all my life there was no other option out there for me to, other than to be a teacher that's all I said since I was young and didn't really know the direction I was going or what to do, but I didn't want to move back home. I really liked my intent for my freedom. So I started to just, I, I would, I'd come out of that student lifestyle. I needed a job, I needed some money. So I started to kind of work in bars and clubs and um, ended up uh, running my own pub. So that kind of fell in my lap, really. I would, went to go and work for, I, I worked for a quite known British pub chain. And part of this pub chain that wasn't so great was they weren't great at paying their staff on time. And also quite often, they weren't great at paying their staff the amount that they should be paying. So when you're young and you're like very righteous about what's right and wrong in the world, I kind of was like, I've had enough of this. It's been six months of me not being paid properly or not been paid on time. So I walked out of my job and I walked into um, like a backstreet pub in the central Birmingham um like an independently run pub and within a week of working there just as a part-time bar assistant while I was kind of figuring out what I was going to do with my life the manager left 
And the owner of the pub just said, hey, do you want to just win the pub for me? And I was like, uh, okay, yeah, whatever, yeah. Fab. This is where was- the Peggy Michelin you came out. That actually did actually happen. Um, <laughs> it was a learning curve and it was my first kind of like taste of business and taste of marketing. And so he owned the pub and had absolutely no um, involvement other than owning it and ringing me 24 7. He was a horrible boss to work for. Um, but um, that was kind of my first taste of business. Like the pub wasn't very busy. So I was trying to like, um, get more money in the till etc so yeah um that was kind of my first taste of business but I'd already decided I was I'd, I'd taken almost two years out of university by then mm. and I decided that that September I was going to go back and finish my degree and um, even though I knew I wasn't going to be a teacher I just thought oh gosh what am I doing I'm kind of floating I'm coasting I've not really got a direction of my life so um I decided in the September I was going to go back to university fast forward then I had my babies and um yeah I was quite relatively quite young not as young as you were but I was quite young in the scheme of things I was like 24 when I had my, my kids and um the kind of setup in my household was that my um then partner he became my husband um he was kind of the breadwinner and earned more money so he was going to go to work and I was going to stay at home and look after the kids that's how it worked um I wasn't earning enough money it didn't and that that happens for a lot of people doesn't it so yeah um, that's kind of just how how it was for yeah like I say a lot a lot of people and I struggled with that a little bit actually and I think a lot of people will kind of relate to this is that I kind of was floating in this kind of space of being just a mum which is so horrible to say because it's actually such a super important role and you're busy and you never get yeah you don't get sick pain you're never allowed to take a day off or be poorly or your life just revolves around somebody else that just demands your time constantly and it's always about putting your needs last and and I I, I definitely um found that an adjustment to say the least and um yes it was very fulfilling to be a parent and to be a mother and I love my children absolutely dearly but I just found that that there was a part of me that was missing and this um like my brain wasn't really getting as much um what's the word I'm looking for like filming kind of yeah just feel a little bit kind of like you're at home and not a Katie yeah yeah that's what it was like I was losing a little bit of myself and so anyways like some people like people who are these people uh would kind of say to me constantly oh like what are you doing um I think my son was coming up for kind of one two um what are you doing are you gonna go back to work and that was a no because it didn't financially benefit me to go back to work we were just going to be spending too much in childcare. um my partner worked really long hours he worked in a private school so he was kind of gone from seven to six every day i was kind of it was me me like up with the kids putting the kids to bed all the bathing all that sort of stuff so um and, and he worked two jobs as well. So then he would he would work away at weekends, he would DJ away. So it, it wasn't really sustainable for me to get a job. So lots of talk of, oh, are we going to start a business? Let's just start a business. Like, it's easy. <laughs> um, and that's how I really fell into the bridal world. So when my partner proposed and um, this second part of kind of 
my story really in terms of where I was at the time was um, and really interjects um, quite deeply into the kind of my money beliefs and my limiting beliefs that held me back for years and years and years in, in my business and moving my mindset on was because I wasn't the breadwinner and bringing in the money and I actually had no money like my partner's money was the family's money and I wasn't didn't feel like I was contributing to the money when we were getting married and obviously there were expenses to pay for the wedding I very quickly found out that the cost of things was going to be considerably higher than perhaps what I'd already thought like originally thought and I attached quite a bit of guilt to those purchases because I felt like I wasn't contributing financially towards them um, some of them I could kind of write off, but um, one of the ones that I really struggled to write off was the cost of my wedding dress and um, kind of feeling that I had not purchased my own dress. Or, and, and these were limiting beliefs that I kind of had and I've worked over being able to get over those over the last kind of few years. But just kind of beliefs that I kind of surrounded around that led me to my business idea. So things all happen for a reason. So when I found out that the cost of wedding dresses were like as high as they were, I'm going back a long time now. God, 10, 10, 10 years. <laughs> 10 years. Wow, that's a long time. Um, on your fingers and your toes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 10 years. Um, it just really wasn't in my budget. And the options available were secondhand, um, like from eBay or China. And both of those didn't offer you consumer protection. There wasn't chains of like discount bridal shops available like there are now. There wasn't really anything out there. So I wanted to kind of look for a different kind of way to source my own wedding dress. So I came across actually on eBay, somebody selling like a bulk load of X sample dresses. And I was like, huh, like surely Ooh. there's not just me in this market that is looking for a dress that isn't kind of in the thousands and thousands and maybe only has like a few hundred pounds to spend on a wedding dress or up to a thousand pounds to spend on a dress. And, um, that's how I kind of got into the bridal market. So I kind of had this um, idea. The first thing I did was buy kind of one of those bulk lots on eBay. And then I would sell those dresses. I set up a Facebook page and I would sell those dresses from my rented house, uh, from my son's bedroom. Um, and I did that for kind of two years. I'm enough to give me a little bit of purpose to use my brain to um, make a little bit of pocket money on the side. And it was really nice because it wasn't, it didn't come with any pressure in terms of, if I sold mm. dresses that month, it was extra money. My family's finances were ran without that money. So it was just like extra pocket money and it was nice. Um, and it gave me a little bit of fulfillment and things to do in the evenings and nap times, etc. Um, I, I have a question. So how easy was it to, or hard was it to kind of get get your head around like the marketing of the bridal shop when what the you selling wedding dresses from your son's bedroom? like when you first began it's something you always found easy or is it something yeah. that you I'm not gonna lie like it didn't didn't face me whatsoever I don't I don't know why like marketing is just never it's not like I've got a degree in marketing um I just bootstrapped and just learned from the from the ground up so I read some books I read I invested in I'm not gonna say invested in coaches or anything like that because I didn't but I just tested everything so I understood how Facebook worked like um and, and this is something that we brought into the bridal shop when I when I did get a shop about three years later, and that's where you came in and you came to work for me in the shop. Um, that this kind of value added social media strategy that we kind of had, 
um, stuck with us in the bridal shop as well. Um, I think initially it was just about getting the name out there. So this is what I'm doing. Come and find me. Um, and I would run like lots of crazy deals. So I did like dress auctions. One of the, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I would do penny dress auctions. No, I didn't know about this. Yeah, and then get people to do, so like, you know, that lowest unique bids. Yeah. So I would do that on our dresses um, to get like loads of just traction and people to kind of yeah, share those yeah, yeah, yeah. on social media and stuff. And it just came kind of naturally and I bootstrapped. And also I think it was nice that there wasn't that pressure. So because I didn't have a premises and staff to pay and um, overheads as such, there wasn't that pressure. So you could try things and not feel so like your business depended on it kind of thing like yeah, I think that's, that's, where, that's where creativity dies isn't it and we say this quite a lot like in desperation it's really difficult to be creative so without that pressure and that safety net that I had kind of thing it was it was um it was good so then yeah kind of fast forward I was kind of thinking oh god if I can do this from my bedroom I can do this from imagine what I could do from a shop so I was kind of and to paint the scene, like it was my son's bedroom, they'd come, <laughs> bridal party would come in and the bride would get changed to my bathroom. It wasn't even like a nice house, really. It was what we could afford at the time. Um, and yeah, I could, I could sell and loved it and got a buzz for it. And some of my first clients, actually, I've become friends now, like, because they... That's so nice. Yeah, they just they just liked my story and they liked where I came from. And I think that was something as well that I wasn't um I wasn't shy about sharing my story and that yeah. resonated and people kind of were either gonna like me or they weren't gonna like me. And I was like, this is why I started the business and yeah. who resonated with that really got that. And actually um, that that is what we we do now. That is what we you know we tell others to do, build that know, like and trust, build that rapport. Be relatable. You've done it from the beginning. Yeah. And I think that's what really broke down those barriers in terms of being relatable, for sure. So yeah, then then I'm um, entire God, it must have been so 2015. Um about four years later of and I'm I'm not gonna say for four years I grew the book and salad because I didn't. I just picked it up if I wanted, if we wanted to go on holiday, I get pocket money, yeah. And I'd, I'd started to make some um, relationships with some bridal shops who were wanting to sell off their sample dresses. So I'd got like a, a base of um, contacts and some suppliers and stuff. And I approached the Prince's, um, the Prince's Trust to get a loan, to get a shop. And that's when stuff got real because all of a sudden I've gone from having next to no overheads to a shop, um, electricity bills, gas bills, rent rates staff costs all sorts so things got a little bit more real and I had to come up with a business plan never written a business plan in my life before then um and yeah cue the second phase of kind of the bridal shop and that kind of business and stuff but all of these things have kind of led to what I do now so kind of never writing a business plan before never thinking of a marketing strategy before um all of these things we've learned to do over mm -hmm. i've been in business now uh 12 years maybe 12 13 years and these are things that you just pick up you learn you tweak you grow you test it out you learn from your mistakes you pick yourself back up again 
Um, and yeah, and, and you came to come and work for me, didn't you, Roxy, on day, was it day two? I think it might have been day two, so I was just going to say, like, enter Roxy. Face through the bridal shop happened, and then Roxy <laughs> entered the room. Well, I say room, I did it in a very embarrassing way, but I'll tell you more about that in a moment. So let, let me kind of rewind kind of back to the beginning of my little little story I'm not sure it's so little okay so um came from a very humble upbringing and my mum was a single parent um we lived on a council estate you know she worked very hard but being a single mum of three she she didn't feel it was the right thing to do to have a full-time job so she would just you know have like a little in school hours jobs which I know lo lots of people can relate to and I actually ended up doing that when I went on to have children um kind of growing up Nothing, nothing special. None of my family um, had their own businesses or anything like that. So the fact that I run kind of a global successful business is like beyond me still. Sometimes I just think like, am I, am I dreaming? Like, like wow, <laughs> pat myself on the back sometimes. And I just think this, this was never something that I would have even thought that I would have had that confidence to do. And then this is something that I've actually like said to you sometimes, have an eye like, yeah. Um, especially over sort of the last I'd say since kind of Feb March this year when we've kind of looked at um leveling up forward and how we can level our business up and and part of that has been looking backwards so yeah. I've touched on like mini beliefs or anything like that or any limiting beliefs we, we kind of delved into didn't we and I, I said oh you know part of your story is that you're probably like third generation of yeah nobody really works full-time do they i am the first in my kind of family so my mum my sisters who has got a full-time job um not only that but runs their own business does a flipping good job of it if i do say so myself but that in itself brings some challenges because that's kind of had to change i've had to change the mindsets of my family a little bit about like working beliefs and stuff like that um and it has taken probably three years and your beliefs as well. Yeah, so, definitely. This is what, you were in a management position as well. So you were, you went from no, like no job. Yeah. To, you were kind of managing the shop within kind of six months-ish. Oh, yeah. I've, I wrote that down to uh, um, come to it in a minute. But so kind of after, um, you know, leaving, well, growing up, I wanted to be a midwife. I don't know what it was. Like, I just love the idea of helping bring babies into the world and looking after pregnant mums and stuff like that um but I didn't I had the lowest confidence growing up um uh, for lots of reasons that we won't go into today but yeah so I left school went to our local college I was doing a health and social care course I lasted I don't know if you know this I lasted two days I literally was a college dropout and that was because I walked in that room of like people that I didn't know and I just no couldn't do it I was I just could not do it so I literally dropped out and then that made my confidence go even more downhill um <laughs> so from that point I um had a couple of jobs kind of part-time here and there but again nothing I was I was probably I was following the pattern of my my mom and kind of our own kind of job and money beliefs then went on to um have babies I would say very young. So I had my first baby when I was 17 and my yeah. second when I was 18. So I have now, which astounds people, I've now got two teenagers, 
one in his last year of secondary school and one in year 10, which is just mental. Cause like, where has that time gone? Like, oh my life. So I spent quite a lot of um, my children's early years just bringing them up at home. I couldn't drive. I, let's be honest, I wouldn't say boo to a goose. I kept myself to myself. I lived in a little village where I didn't know anybody. And I was just in my own little bubble. And I was quite happy in my own little bubble for probably three or four years. No, probably not actually. Two, two or three years. And then unfortunately, um, my relationship broke down with the boy's dad. Um, so I was literally on my own in a village that I didn't speak to anybody. Um, and so, something had to change. Something had to change. And that's kind of when uh, I think I saw an advert for you you were looking for somebody in the bridal shop funnily enough on Facebook yeah, yeah. Facebook. then um I was like okay so. and it was um was it just a Saturday position or a Sunday what was it Saturday I think it was literally a Sunday position with the potential to have more hours for the right for the right person that's what I remember seeing um and at this point um I'd got a new partner things were going really well so I was like okay like he he actually gave me a lot of like a lot of confidence in myself and made me realize that I was a lot more than what I would was believing so at that point I was like okay I'm gonna apply for this job which by the way was like 30 minutes in a car I've got young children I don't know how the childcare is gonna work I don't know how any of it's gonna work anything but something just pulled me towards reaching out to you and that's that was very out of character for me like very very out of character um and then yeah and then the rest is history <laughs> yeah like we, we came to work for us within kind of six months we were at a level where so we were we got quite a bit of traction didn't we and I think it was yes, because, yeah. um, the skills that we kind of picked up with marketing um from Facebook business I um a bit of an avid networker actually so I wasn't shy about picking up the phone and speaking to like PR agencies on newspapers and saying, you're going to come and cover this, you're going to come and cover this for me. But because we were, there weren't the chains of bridal shops like there are now, like um, we were coming in at kind of like £2,000 under the average price of a dress um, from a little boutique. Uh, we had a good story behind us. People people seemed to support what we were doing. Um, so we got quite a lot of traction quite quickly, didn't we? We were being picked up by the right people, being nominated for awards within the wedding industry and business awards as well within 12 months we outgrown our shop didn't we yeah i can remember when uh, the landlord was like oh we've have um, purchased the shop across across the way yeah. peering through the window and that was three <laughs> units that shop was three units and it had an upstairs as well it was kind of like the equivalent of six shops so we went from mm -hmm. one tiny boutique Split across two floors with one changing room, didn't we? we did, yeah, we were. Two, like a huge shop with like one, two, three, four, four changing rooms that would run simultaneously. Yeah. And then we expanded further to have to put a fifth changing room in. It's and actually this crazy, like when we think about it, like how, how quick that expansion happened. But, um, you know, we, we grafted hard, didn't we, really? We, yeah, we, we did. We grafted, we um we bootstrapped, we we like cracked on, we grew 
a massive social media following different way uh, that kind of came naturally to us different way and, and we would have yeah. people travel this one always blows my mind we'd have people travel from Scotland to where we were in the East Midlands like nine to ten hours traveling for bright dresses it's crazy we started to do these kind of um like catwalk shows didn't we on a Friday so we'd do these mm-hmm. catwalk live shows on a Friday and we'd get like um like it started with a kind of like a few hundred people watching us and it got to like a few thousand people watching us then it got to excuse me like tens of thousands of people watching us at a time wouldn't it so we would have people watching us on the other side of the world or kind of Scotland <laughs> Ireland and then we were building that no like trust building that character up and then people when they came to want to purchase their dress or bridesmaid dresses or send their husbands in um for their suits they already had that relationship with us and um yeah, so we, we, um, yeah, we, we, real quick, let's talk for a minute about the day that I actually came for my little interview into the shop. <laughs> so this was, so the shop was opening, I can't even remember, was Probably it? Probably like three days. Yeah, like yeah. That. So I, I'm thinking in my head, and this, this might help you like understand a little bit where I was coming from when I said what I said. <laughs> so in my head, I'm thinking, oh my God, like, I've met this like woman who's probably going to be my boss and she's setting up this bridal shop and it's only opening like a week so I'm going to walk in and it's going to be like oh dressing balloons like everything's going to be amazing and when I walked in I was just like oh is this it (laughs) (laughs) because there was nothing because there was like it was like nothing it was literally the opposite did I ever show you pictures of what it looked like? Yeah, it actually was like a vape shop when I took over. So it was this horrible. Was it green? Was it green on the outside? And, like, bright green on the walls. Sticky floor, like doors oh, on the back, on the back. Um. So yeah, we've done a lot to kind of get it to the point we'd like recarpeted, we'd redecorated, we'd had like. No, and I am, I am really sorry, but obviously, <laughs> obviously, obviously, I um, couldn't. I don't know whether I made a good impression or not but the point was I went with you because you believed in me where probably no one else had before I didn't have any confidence oh my god I pushed myself so far out of my comfort zone every day for probably six months and then I I remember you saying like where where do you want to be in six months Roxy and I, I like reluctantly said as I looked down like I'm doing now fiddling with my ring um I, I want to run the shop probably said it really quietly whereas, whereas I should have said like I want to run this joint but yeah so and you believed in me and and we made it happen didn't we yeah yeah 100% and that was um I don't know if you've ever been asked that before either so like we were kind of like right no I've never been in a job interview before so yeah we did we made it happen we took on new lines we took on new designers we even got to a point where we were designing our own line of dresses weren't we so yeah and um we um we yeah we took on our way we were making our own line of dresses we um were not just a bridal shop anymore we had suits we had bridesmaid dresses we had a team of about six staff underneath us and I kind of moved from kind of the front face of the business to kind of a little bit more behind the scenes doing the business side of things and Roxy kind of taking over that front of house and staff and the team that we had in there so we kind of went from this um naught to six figure business um which I'm really proud of actually because only two percent of women run six-figure businesses um I don't know if you knew that statistic we actually need to make it more women like the world would not be such a mess the government would not be such a mess like 
the stuff that goes on in the world would not be such a mess if there were more women in powerful positions and more money in women's hands let me tell you mm-hmm. so um I, but the, aside from kind of all of this happening it was a struggle consistently um childcare balance work balance we were growing a rapidly growing business so I'd taken this from nothing um working at home um and then did have quite a break before I decided to kind of take the plunge and get shot to six figures in kind of two years and a team of staff and that came with a lot of pressure and I was I'd not I wasn't 30 at the time I was kind of like 28 Mm. 29 so relatively young to be kind of hitting those sort of figures and and to have that level of responsibility um my marriage was uh failing like my husband decided that he was um we won't go into it but he left with no notice um adios bye sort of thing um took the childcare with him didn't didn't uh, have his children left me kind of in the lurch financially left me in the lurch um with the kids uh with in terms of childcare and it that kind of last 12 months of running the shop was a constant juggle like I relied hugely on Roxy and the staff team that we had inside of the shop to be kind of running the business Mm. I couldn't be around as much anymore and and as that kind of happens it means that we're not running as oil um as well oiled of a ship as I would have liked to have been and started to fall out of love with the business a little bit and it wasn't just falling out of love with the business it was kind of um just wasn't serving me anymore so and I was kind of thinking like where do I want this to go I was pouring so much energy into the shop like it relied on us being there it relied on us being there from like nine till five every day weekend yeah seven days a week quite quite often in the lead up to the summer months that wasn't it yeah evening appointments dragging the bridal shop we'd take the bridal shop on the road as well so we had like quite a lot of wedding fairs that wanted to work with us and we've got our name out quite big by that point we'd won um not just wedding industry awards we'd also won some business awards yeah we've got a lot of PR we were on the TV we were on the radio all of the time so all of this is amazing for the business but it obviously has to have systems underneath to support like the level of business that we were um and we were just getting flaked out and burnt out, weren't we? And, it yeah, was and just, that's it, you know, and not to mention the fact that, you know, we, we had young children. So for me, my what my middle son was going through the diagnosis of ADHD, autism. Like, we look, like, love the bridal shop. I love bridal. I love talking bridal still. I'm like, oh, look at A-line. Oh, I used to get excited when dresses have got pockets. Like, what the hell? <laughs> um, yeah, we, so it, it took its toll. I, well, especially your your cup, kind of with your personal situation, your cup was way empty, wasn't it? And yeah. without even realizing it. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think as well, like it, in terms of sustainability, it was kind of like, oh, um, the whole point of running a business, right, is so that you can kind of make the decisions to have time off. And this business meant that for me and you, we could never take time off without the business suffering. So it relied on one of us consistently being there. My childcare situation, situation was a little bit worse. Like the pressure, the level of pressure back that came was just insane. Um, and um, aside from this as well, we were constantly being asked and the type of people that we are as well, we like to help people. So not only were we serving our clients uh, and our couples coming into the shop and all of the kind of stuff that comes with that, with ordering dresses in and appointments and keeping the shop busy and all of the marketing, We'd have this other side as well where 
suppliers that we'd come from nobody knowing our names to like in national newspapers on national television more than once like we were the face of like the women in business campaign like and we've even yeah yeah we we printed you know what that actually was still so we printed that three years ago and that actually was still used like last week so our faces they should let us know these things man yeah like my face has been all over the London Palladium which is mental like we've been on buses in London but also in our region as well we came from nothing to like I mean let, let's just cover that for a second we was on don't tell the bride my face guys is on netflix like <laughs> what the frick yeah we had all of these like really great opportunities but we worked flipping damn hard for them let me tell you like we worked hard didn't we and we grafted and we um bootstrapped and we learned and we read books and we had- i don't know about you Kate, but the more like success we had the more i wanted like the more I was yeah and, and, but that, and we were how that, that's not sustainable forever is it like you can't go 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 yeah go, that was it i think one of the parts of the successes from the shot that came was that we probably without even realizing it we, like, we were quite into like development so yeah. we would have lots of team meetings where we would um, be constantly pushed outside of our comfort zones. We would do this thing called pitches. Elevator pitches. Oh. Pitches, ditches, where we would like learn how to pitch really quickly. Or Let me just tell you all as well. You like you think I'm, you know, I can talk, like I'm good at speaking or whatever. I Every single time you'd say, Roxy, it's your go. Can't do it. Can't do it. <laughs> But yeah, you could run in a bridal appointment with 15 kind of because the yeah, right. like, I, I can't like perform like I'm not a performing monkey, it comes natural. I was not <laughs> a seller, man. I was not a seller in that shop. Yeah, so um and all of these things that go into a new business, sales and customer relations, PR, yeah. marketing, all of these different heads that you have on. And so we had kind of that side of the business, and then we would have a lot of suppliers other people in the industry other local businesses that would kind of want a slice of the pie so they would oh, want to come yeah. and say have you got this successful how come you've got ten thousand followers on facebook i've been in business 10 years and i've got a thousand followers how come um your videos are reaching one hundred and twenty thousand people at a time when you publish a video like do you need um a magician to kind of come into the shop and do a video with you do you need like to pass our business cards on to so-and-so we had cake makers in it got our shop got term term social club didn't it because it yeah it did yeah. always people inside of our shop pitching their businesses networking getting to know and that would take us away from the business quite a lot so kind of i was like right we need somewhere that we can go to network like um two things are happening here number one like we're giving all of these supplies all of these tips inside of our own time which is eating into time with our children eating into time that we can spend in the business and some of the time they would sit there for two hours they would sit mm-hmm. we're a friendly team and, and you and I, I would be in the bridal appointment you know doing all the lovely things you'd be sat there kind of trapped in your little little corner with business coach, literally coaching people so that's what I was doing yeah. like sitting and business coaching people for nothing um, and then like I say, like you, you're work. a very helpful person. You love talking. Like you are, a, like you, you give information, don't you? <laughs> I was like, yeah, like shut up. <laughs> yeah. So, um, that's where I kind of like the wedding business club came from. Like we it needed is. a space so we could kind of go. There was nothing for wedding professionals. Like yes, I could go and network with plumbers and electricians and decorators and 
website developers, SEO people, but there was nowhere for me to go and network with photographers, planners, florists, and all of the people in kind of side of the industry. And all of the success that we kind of had and built up, we did without really knowing anybody in the industry either. We didn't have like a black book yeah. of that we could rely on. Yeah, similarly, I, you know, so our um, bridal appointments were two hours long, so you'd, you'd get a lot of time to chat to the bride. And I always used to think, you know, because I'm, I talk about the wedding planning and the stages that was at and the things are booked and the things they're going to book. And I used to just think, maybe we just don't go to be able to access those people rather than yeah. just hearing about them. That's where it kind of came from. We wanted to solve two kind of problems that we were facing. So the first kind of problem was like just to have a space where suppliers could go to network and to talk to one another and share ideas and to ask the kind of questions and any of the training questions that they wanted to kind of know from me that I was continually saying the same information over and over and over again to different people consistently. And this was something that at least three times a week we would have people inside of the shop there. Like Mm -hmm. it was effectively being coached by us um and, and secondly like um yeah for like this information purpose like I was shattered burnt out absolutely shattered um single parent to two children my daughter was two when my husband left so we were still going through kind of like the like training toilet yeah. training yeah and equally what what a precious time for them let's not get into that <laughs> <laughs> bye-bye um but um all of that sort of stuff like where you're still very much relied on and you're supposed to mum and getting them off the dummy and sleeping through the night and all the nappies and toilet training and all that sort of stuff so I was really burnt out and knackered where suppliers could talk to one another get information I wanted to kind of be able to just write a book about like the social media knowledge that we had so that people could kind of have a, something I'm just like here buy this book yeah something accessible that they could get the information from and I didn't have to say it over and over again so it was in the Feb of 2019 then we were like right we're gonna um pull a network together of wedding professionals online with the view to do a few meetups kind of around by us wasn't it right where we were based in the East Midlands mm-hmm. and then also um we can put our skills to use. We'll be able to go on there and jump on a live video and say, this is what we're doing inside of our business that's working. This is how we've been able to get PR. This is how we've been able to front national campaigns. This is how uh, we've got grown from naught to six figures. And um, it was somewhere that people could kind of go and access that information. Um, there wasn't really anything accessible in that middle range. You no, there wasn't. One-on-one coaching, which is often unaffordable for small businesses. Um, or, or you kind of got non-specific advice and you kind of have to kind of go and figure it out for yourself so yeah, yeah you kind of could get get advice online but like you'd have to find a way for that to fit in with your business rather than it being wedding industry specific than that yeah. and, and I think when we opened our community that that was a game changer for the wedding industry because it created that space didn't it yeah and that's what it was and then it, it kind of was going to be an extension of the shop and like um aside from the shop we would have like this little project that would be little <laughs> how naive yeah. <naive> we <laughs> a little project that we would kind of um solve those problems that we were having really and it just kind of expanded we put our knowledge into there and actually probably we'd not kind of given ourselves as much credit as how um 
how quickly it was and we knew who we were going after who we were focused who we wanted to get our community in front of like how quickly that would grow so we grew it to kind of 2,000 people within five days I think it was or six days and then that naturally ended up with people saying glad girl how have you done this and then we kind of were very transparent in the way that we did that we were we would do quite a lot of videos, don't we? This was pre-pod. The pre-podcast, we would do a lot of live videos. You can still go yeah. into the, kind of the group. All of them were free. And then we also kind of bought out a little training manual. It was kind of not even that long. It was like 24 pages long of like all of the things on Instagram that we were doing that was helping us to kind of reach our target client, what hashtags we were using, how we were reaching them, what kind of the features of Instagram were back in. Same days ago now, Instagram's got a million updates since then. Um, <laughs> and that book took more than the bridal shop took in that month and that was like the, the stop moment where we were like hurt okay so where we were like right okay this is growing bigger than we think it's going to grow here how much effort how much could we grow this if we actually focused on this full time and mm-hmm. aside from the shop and it, that, that became one of the pivoting moments as well the second pivoting moment was we started to say look we're going to be doing networking so we went we went from having kind of no networking whatsoever on no, no groups of wedding professionals meeting up so something like 20 groups signed up uh, like 20 regions like counties signed up to put on networking events in our name in something like three weeks or four weeks yeah. well may, may I remind you all we were still running the bridal shop so I, we were already whacked weren't we? we were already yeah, like, yeah. spreading ourselves very thin and then um we created this little project that was no longer little yeah, and I think that was it. It was like, right, okay, what well, what do we want going forward? And I think for both of us, for very different reasons, like this this was a big step, right? Like you you because this was stepping away from the bridal shop, and for me, it was from going from employed to self employed. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think as um as well, like that's what it was, like walking away from guaranteed income, guaranteed money to a little bit again going into the unknown mm. i don't remember it being that scary whereas now kind of a few years on I yeah think, i know i wonder why that is oh because you've had a couple of years of absolute carnage i think so and i think maybe it was just that passion and maybe naivety was just like <laughs> yes this is gonna work let's trust the process well, um, i think as well because because we've been mega successful we've been smashing it we've been like like you say grafting bootstrapping we had that momentum and like I said that passion for it to work so it was gonna work yeah yeah and that's kind of um when it's done obviously we weren't even kind of in it for kind of 10 months before the pandemic hit and then we mm-hmm. we'd grown to that point for having events on two continents it kind of moved very quickly um I mean post-pandemic we are a little less like go 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 aren't we we're a little bit we more are, like yeah, yeah, have yeah let's have assistance in place to support this let's make sure it's on top of like a pack of cards yeah and I think I think that's something that all of us in the industry have learned to put have the systems in place yeah. first rather than because at, at the beginning we were, we were running before we were walking but that that was just because th- that was how it's going so we went with it but now we're a little bit older a little bit wiser systems are in place we are doing things more precisely aren't we in, in a more structured yeah. way yeah, and I don't think, I think anybody's kind of thinking and coming back thinking, oh, God, like, I'm pretty much starting my business from scratch again. It's what we had to do. 
our business is um 95% events with a tiny mm-hmm. bit of training so we would do a tiny bit of training a tiny bit of coaching we weren't doing any one-to-ones at the time mostly it was um networking events and training our team and expanding the regions that we were in with a little bit of Instagram training that people could get hold of or videos online videos that they could get um and then 10 months after kind of building that up and having a team of kind of 50 odd people it went it dried up to nothing um it fizzled yeah absolutely nothing then we had to look at the business model and say right what are we doing what are we changing now coming back kind of right we've got the opportunity to start again now but with experience and that's kind of why we are coming back a little bit slower aren't we and like yeah. we want to be able to breathe we want to be able to sleep I'm very clear as to like the direction that I want the business yeah. to go in and actually like, for me for me I don't know about for you and no obviously COVID no one want, wants to wish what happened like ever again but a blessing in disguise because it means we've had like a second chance a second go at things which means that we can do things better the second time around yeah more calm and like we're very much um know the types of people that we want to work with and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I think some of the time you can get yourself whenever you start any business you can You're very much a yes person yeah and you find yourself working with the wrong sorts of people and having the wrong sorts of people representing your brand or the clients that you work with mm-hmm. so yeah that that has been a positive that we can take from the experience that we've had over the last few years really that we've been able to kind of refocus and relook at what we want our business to provide us with over the next few years and then we can build our businesses to whatever we want to be and that's the same for you listening like you can your business can be whatever you want it to be so that's exciting for us to be able to think yeah and actually um and this this kind of ties into you know what what where I started out look at the journey that I've been on and look at where I am now you can literally do anything that you want to do anything anything you set your mind to if you want it enough if you're passionate enough manifest that shares it's going to happen yeah 100% so we are going to be taking on new clients uh from October time of this year so we're having a little bit of a summer break in terms of taking on clients our client books are full over the summer but if you're wanting to work one on uh one-to-one with us where we'll look over your business look over your goals make sure that you're heading in the right direction make sure that your marketing is on point or if you just need a helping hand in terms of you're attracting the wrong sorts of clients or maybe you're going through a little bit of a change in your business and you need some eyes on your business and you'd like to work with us, you can get information by visiting our website, theweddingbusinesshub.com, sending us a message and we'll be in touch with you as to how we can help you. Yeah, we have really looking forward to what you want. Yeah, really looking forward to you on the next part. Enjoy the sunny weather. Uh, everybody keep hydrated keep on keeping on thank you so much for listening to us ramble on all about our past life and where we are now inside of our business um networking events are coming back so keep your eyes peeled. so they'll be uh heading your way september time so keep your eyes peeled in the areas that you're in if you are somebody listening to this thinking yes girl do you sound like somebody uh that i want to work with you can either work with us in the capacity that i've just told you about or if you think you could run a networking event in your area, get in touch with us. Uh, you can get in touch with us by visiting the weddingbusinesshub.com. And yeah, we'll have a chat. Yep. Right. Today has uh, left me feeling very motivated to go and smash out your business, whatever it is that you want to do. And we will see you on the next episode. Bye. Take care, guys. <laughs>